You're listening to the Refined Hippie Podcast, a podcast all about holistic lifestyle, nutrition, and plant-based veganism for a mind-body-spirit approach to living healthily and happily for ourselves and our planet. I am your host, Rebecca Henson. Welcome back to another episode, my lovely friends. It is so great to have you here today, the beginning of March. It's so exciting. Spring is coming. I could not be more happy about that. I have a very, very big announcement, and you might have already seen it on my social media, but if you haven't, you're going to hear it right now, right here. My husband and I are moving to California. Yes, we are moving to sunny California. I am a little freaked out. I'm not going to lie. And we're going to talk about it all today because there is a lot that goes, that is going into this and why and when and where and how this all came about. Um, I mean, basically we have been wanting to move for a couple years now. Most of my friends and my family know that we've kind of traveled all over the Southeast trying to find a spot. We've gone to Florida a couple times and decided that while I love Florida and I love to visit, it's just not, there's not a place there right now in my life that I want to go, want to live. Um, my husband kind of wanted to be in Wilmington, North Carolina. I did not. I mean, there just has, there's not been a lot of good options. And I'll say that one of the reasons why there's not a lot of good options is because we, we really want to be on the coast. My husband is, an avid windsurfer and surfer. I mean, I also do water sports, not to the extent of him, and I don't have as big of a passion for it as he does, but we couldn't live, we just, we couldn't do that to him, you know, and live uh, too far inland at least because it would be soul crushing to him. So that obviously kind of narrowed it down to our options. We didn't, there weren't that many um, if we had to stay on the coast. And I, I honestly had been kind of planting the seed of like, we should just go to California. Um, and I would say that every now and then, but you know, it kind of the same stuff would come up like, oh my gosh, California is so expensive and it's so crazy and the traffic and there's so many people there and you know, all the reasons why California, yeah, all their negatives, I guess. Um, but this weekend, I guess, I don't, I don't even remember how, who said what, but basically we just were like in the car Maybe it was, I would think it was Sunday or Saturday. And we, one of us said something about, well, we should just go to California. And the other one was like, okay, let's do it. And they were like, really? And so then I texted my friend, one of my best friends who has been on the podcast, Lucy Lesniak. She was on earlier. Um, I texted her. She's out in LA and she immediately responded and said that, oh my gosh, yes, y'all can come and stay with us while you figure out where you want to live. And that kind of sealed the deal because that just makes the transition so much easier. Like, I mean, I wouldn't know what to do or where to live or, you know, when we first got out there, like, what would we do? I don't know. Um, so this makes everything just seem like it's meant to be. And people always talk about signs and things lining up and, and I shouldn't, we shouldn't fight it, you know, if things are lining up and there's a lot of emotions that go with this and for me especially I have lived in Charleston for an extremely long time now (laughs) I went to college at Charleston started out here my freshman year 2004 yes 
I'm that old. <laughs> and I have never left other uh, than a brief study abroad trip in Italy, which was amazing. But that was just, you know, packing my bags. And it's just like any other kind of long vacation, I guess. Um, but I haven't lived anywhere else other than South Carolina, too. I haven't moved around. I grew up in the same town my whole life, you know, until I went off to college. And, you know, I think that my my husband and I were talking about this the other day because I was kind of getting, like, emotional. And um, there's just a lot of, you know, there's a, there's a lot more pressure on me, I feel like, than even him. And that is because... Like I said, I haven't moved anywhere. I haven't really done anything this drastic. And he has. I mean, when he was a kid, he moved around. He lived in a lot of different places. He went to different schools. I went to the same dang school for 12 years. I mean, I just really haven't been forced to get out of my comfort zone this much. I mean, other than like going to college. But that was even, I mean, I knew people going into college, you know, I mean, it was just different. And it wasn't that far away from home, right? Charleston is about two and a half hours away from where I grew up. So this is a big, a big deal for me. Um, and I definitely have a lot of mixed feelings, overwhelming feelings. I am excited. I'm sad. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I'm anxious. <laughs> I'm like literally all the emotions at once. But they say, you know, the only way to grow is to get out of your comfort zone. And I am definitely getting out of my comfort zone. Uh, we're we're going to sell our house. So that adds to, you know, the kind of pressure and um, I don't know, freakiness about it. <laughs> I don't even know what the word is. Um and that's a lot to deal with in general, I guess, because we have to get our house ready to show and there's a lot of stuff in here. I've lived in my house for 10 years and you accum- accumulate a lot of things. In general, I have a lot of things. I have been trying to purge um, and have been doing a good job because I think I might have talked about it before, but you know, I used to be a true consumer. I never thought about it before. I never thought about how my stuff was made. I never thought about the impact it made on the environment. You know, I just didn't have any of this awareness. So when I went shopping, it was like, yes, how much more stuff can we buy? (laughs) How many more clothes can I have? I, you know, it was also this time period of, you know, in the early 2000s, I guess, when I was in kind of that mindset, it was like, the Paris Hiltons and the, you know, it was just a weird atmosphere in uh, the media and celebrities and all this. And it was, and I'm sure there still is some of that. I'm just not in that realm anymore, but it was definitely about your closet. How much stuff can you have? How many shoes do you have? And I was a part of that. I was definitely a part of that. Um, But I've been trying to, to purge more and not bring in as many things. I don't really shop that much anymore. I kind of wear the same (laughs) things that I have for like the past 10 years now. And I'm fine with that. But so yeah, there's just a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot going in, going into any move, whether you're moving across town or you're moving across the world, you know, and, and all the logistics of everything is I think what freaks me out 
a lot, or maybe the most. Also, my cats. You all know I have cats. I love my kitties, and I'm worried for them. They do not like to travel. Eva Snow, the little white one, had potty issues. <laughs> she had, like, UTI issues and... um maybe a little bit of constipation. She, she has, she's like a nervous Nancy. Okay. She, she gets freaked out by a lot of things. She loves her mother. <laughs> she's kind of neurotic maybe, uh, in, and needs a lot of attention. She's kind of like a little dog. She needs a lot of attention. And so she had some issues and we had to take her to the vet a lot. So now the car is like the scariest place on the planet to her. And we're going to have to travel. <laughs> she's going to have to get in some type of moving vehicle to get to California. Um, so the thing about that is, which I'm really excited about and I hope it works out, is I think we're going to rent an RV, which actually is not that expensive from what I looked into it. Um, just a one-way RV and take it to California. I mean, what a great adventure that would be, right? And then I think that the cats would have, it would be less scary because it's like a little moving house. So we're going to look into that. I hope that it'll work. I do not want to fly with them. I think one, Eva Snow or Lona, either one would probably have a heart attack and just die. (laughs) Or, I mean, even if we tried to give them some type of medicine, I don't think it would work on Eva Snow. I think she would cry the entire time and the whole plane would be mad at me. So the logistics of moving are difficult. But I'm not the only person who's ever moved. It'll all work out. I'm just trying to be conscious of not overthinking it. <laughs> Especially not overthinking it right now. You know, we're so we're thinking about June. It's March, the beginning of March. So I shouldn't be freaking out too much. I mean, obviously there are things that need to be, you know, get the ball rolling about our house and stuff like that. But It'll all work out. It's all going to work out. And I am really excited to have just a new clean, a clean slate, you know. Charleston has felt felt very stagnant to me. Uh, like I said, it's just not the same place anymore. It is, it's just not the city that I fell in love with. And I know that it is gorgeous. I still love it. I mean, like I said, this is a love-hate relationship. I still love this place so much. But I have got to explore something else. You know, I'd say about 80% of my closest best friends have moved away (laughs) for jobs or whatever. There's just not as much opportunity here as I think. I mean, that's not to say there isn't because some people are doing great, you know, and and it's working for them. But it just hasn't for, for, for us. Um, so like 80% of my friends had moved away. Of course, I'm very sad about the 20% that are left, but they can come visit us. And this is not finite. This does not have to be forever. I mean, just because we're moving to California, it's not like we're signing away our life and we have to sign some paper and say, we will never leave California. No, we'll probably leave. (laughs) I really don't expect to be there forever. And I'm going into it with that mindset too. And I think that that makes it a little more palatable in general is just saying like, oh, we're just moving here for a few years because I truly do believe that. And I think, I don't think that will last more than a certain amount of time because of family. 
But California is going to be a great place for us, I think, for both of our businesses. Derek is in the tech business and he has a startup. Obviously, I am in the health and wellness world. I can do my job from anywhere. I do, you know, coaching and 12-week programs and I do those all remotely anyways. So there's not much difference with me being out there. I'm also an artist and I think it's going to be a great place for us. There's going to be a lot of like-minded people. There's a lot of vegan stuff there, plant-based. I have been thinking about, you know, trying to find maybe like a part-time job to meet people. So that's going to be fun and different. And like I said, there's so many vegan companies out there. Pretty much every vegan food company, I feel like, is certainly in California or plant-based companies. Or maybe I could volunteer at an animal sanctuary because there's a lot of them out there. In Farm Sanctuary, one of the, uh, I guess most well kno- one of the most well-known ones is out in California. They also have one in New York. But um, yeah, so there's just, it's just going to be great. I'm just going to, I'm just being really positive about it. I am curious. I've gotten a lot of messages about other people who have made big moves and shoot me a message and let me know your story because I would love to know, you know, what kind of crazy things other people have done since I have done none. (laughs) I have really, yeah. I mean, in my mind, I'm sure I've done, I have done crazy things before, just not this type of crazy things. (laughs) I have not, I have not moved anywhere. I've traveled a lot. I've been a lot of places, but Actually picking up my furniture and taking it somewhere else. No, I have not done that. I have not done it. And I'm pretty stoked about it. And if you live in Charleston, we have about four months before I leave because we're thinking of June. And if you live here, reach out. I would love to hang out with as many of you as I can (laughs) before I leave. And if you live in L.A. or California in general message me because we can meet up once I move there. (laughs) I'm so excited. Um, In other news, I wanted to chat about the coronavirus because people have been losing their minds. I personally know some people who are very nervous about the coronavirus. And I just want to talk a little bit about what I've learned and researched in the past couple weeks about the coronavirus. And that I think, personally, my opinion is that the media is going crazy about this because it's sensational. It is something to talk about for these news channels that are 24 hours. I mean, what the heck are they going to talk about um, unless they ramp up how serious certain things are, right? I mean, I think that they it's kind of like watching reality TV all the time. Like, that's basically what the news has become, sadly. And I think the coronavirus is no, is not exempt from this kind of behavior and this kind of reporting. So I just want to give a little bit of background of what the coronavirus is in general. So coronaviruses have been around for decades. They are not something new. Uh, they are a family of viruses that, like I said, have been around for decades and are responsible for illnesses ranging from the common cold to SARS, uh, Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, is a thing. They are found in humans and in other mammals, such as camels, cats, bats, 
Um, and basically what it is, it's a bad flu. I mean, it has symptoms similar to the flu, um, but it is not like the Black Plague. And I think people are treating it like it is like that. Um, the people who are going to be more susceptible, which is just the same as the flu, are going to be those who are very young, very old, or with a weakened immune system, just the same as the flu. And currently, the amount of people who have died from this most recent coronavirus, which they are calling uh, COVID-19, I mean, I'm not really sure if they call it COVID, 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 I don't know, Um, which basically is just they needed a new name for the most current one, and 19 is when 2019 was the first uh, report of the coronavirus, December 2019. And the amount of people who have died worldwide right now is pretty small. Um, I think in China, there's like 2,900, 2,900, 3,200s is actually, 32 deaths, 3,200 deaths worldwide, excuse me, that's worldwide. So apparently we already have 10,000 people in the U.S. who have died from the flu all year. So 10,000 people have died of the flu in the United States currently in the past two months. And only 32 deaths, I mean it doesn't sound like very much, worldwide from this new coronavirus. It is estimated that between... 291,000 to 646,000. So they're kind of, there's, there's a big range because I'm sure that there's a lot of people who die from the flu that is not reported, you know, worldwide. This is worldwide. That is how many people die of seasonal influenza related respiratory issues. So let's say, let's round the number to 400,000. 400,000 people die worldwide of seasonal influenza. And currently now with this coronavirus that started in December, we're at 3,200. From what I've heard from some other doctors and uh, those who are actually in the medical profession, they think this is ridiculous. (laughs) And I think we need to kind of step back for a moment and notice what the media is doing to us. I mean, I think from an economy standpoint, this is horrible. I've heard terrible stories of what's happening in Chinatown in uh, New York and L.A. that all of those restaurants that are owned by Chinese or Asian people, their numbers are down like 80%. It's basically like a ghost town because people are basically being racist and just looking at people who look like they might be from China or might have a Chinese business and not supporting it. So that's pretty sad. My brother actually told me, and I don't know if this is true, but I'm assuming that even Corona the beer, their sales are down. Are people really that dense? (laughs) They think that Corona beer and the coronavirus are the same? What? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So point being is don't I'm not saying that you shouldn't care. I'm just saying that we should all just do what we've been doing. Try to stay healthy. Try to keep your immune system healthy. Try to eat healthy. I mean, of course, we should always 
be doing this anyways, right? Because you don't want to get the flu or you don't want to get any type of cold or illness. And so you want to try to stay as healthy as possible. And if you do get sick with anything, you do the same things to get better, right? Do all the, do all the, the things, the zinc, the vitamin C, the healing broths, you know, the smoothies, the whatever, whatever it is that, that speaks to you. Um, I do have some posts on it on therefinedhippie.com of ways to keep away the cold or the flu, but just try to stay healthy, hydrated, light exercise, <laughs> wash your hands. I mean, do stay away from super crowded areas because why do you want to be in those places anyways? <laughs> um, so that's my two cents on that because I just, the coronavirus thing I think is blown, hopefully is blown out of proportion and I think learning about it and putting it in perspective of, you know, the flu and also that this is something that is not a new thing. Uh, you know, they're not reporting about the history of it or where it came about. Um, they're still not sure, like, where it actually came from. Um, from what I've learned is it does sound like it was possibly from the wildlife trade markets in China, and if you have ever heard about those or looked those up, uh, not only are they morally messed up, uh, they are disgusting. I mean, they're just absolutely disturbing. So, yeah, you just Google uh, wildlife trade market and go to images and look up this stuff, y'all. I mean, this I'm looking at right now. This is so crazy. So in China, they have, like, we have markets, and they're messed up, the people selling meat in general. But this stuff is, like, they are selling live wild animals, exotic animals, endangered animals, alive or dead. They are cleaning this meat right in the streets, you know, slitting the throats of these animals. And it's really, really disgusting. Yeah, wildlife market. Okay, so China has currently banned it because they are thinking that that's where it came from. Because you have to imagine you're having all, you have all of these different animals and meat and uh, bacteria and things that would not normally be all together. So this is how viruses can begin, right? Um, but yeah, it's, it's a messed up stuff. Now, again... From a moral standpoint, uh, we do messed up stuff like this in America. So you can't just look at one country and be like, oh, how how barbaric. I mean, if we have markets here where we're selling chickens to have their throats slit, that's messed up too, y'all. I mean, come on. But hopefully they won't uh, start that back up. Yeah. I mean, I had texted my sister-in-law. We were talking about this recently. Um she was not aware of the wildlife markets and she like looked up the pictures and she was like what in the world like oh my gosh these pictures are crazy y'all please google this i mean just like everybody needs to know that this is happening and if we can stop it there then hopefully we can stop it in all places i mean all these kind of wild all these markets where people are selling animals to be murdered it's just ugh, yuck why you know, if you wouldn't want to, like, go to a, a, a market, 
over there where they're selling, uh, you know, cute little badgers and things like that and dogs, which I there's clear, there's a picture right here. It's a wet, a wet market with a bunch of dogs in a cage that, and then there's some meat on the table. So if you wouldn't want to do that, then don't go to a market where they sell pigs and, and cows. There's no difference, you know, like there's just no difference. All of these animals feel pain and they all deserve to live and they shouldn't, you know, humans just act like a bunch of jerks. So there is a current ban on the wildlife market. However, I just now saw something about how there are loopholes, of course, uh, as conservationists are pointing out to people because I was excited. I was like, yes, there's a ban. But the loopholes are that the ban for medicinal uses of these animals is exempt. So in China, they do use a lot of really weird ingredients because they think it's going to, you know, make them perform better in the bedroom and blah, blah, blah. There's all these stupid reasons. A lot of them have to do with performance. And they are killing wild animals, endangered animals, because they think it's going to fix their problems. So apparently that, that ban on wildlife trade does it does not include the killing of wild animals for medicinal purposes so they are still killing and trading and selling you know the scales of the pangolin which is one of the most endangered and trafficked animals on the planet google pangolin they're so stinking cute and these people think that the scales of the pangolin is going to in some way enhance your life Okay, their scales are literally like our nails. Uh, what? <laughs> it's just kind of the same with the rhino, right? They think that the rhino horn is going to make them perform better. So rhinos are being hunted to extinction illegally. Um, so that's something that's happening, which is uh, something to be disturbed about. Um, I don't know personally how we can over here make a difference on that because I mean certainly I'm not contributing to the pangolin trafficked you know trafficking of the world I don't want to consume their scales I would much prefer to consume some magic you know medicinal mushrooms which have actually been tested to have medicinal properties I'm sorry but the mangolin pangolin's scales which are basically like my fingernails are not going to cure your issues in the bedroom, right? But those are just some news things that are going on and things to be aware about in the conservationist realm, um, environmental realm, and things to be, uh, you know, aware of because if there is a way that, that we can make a difference and just spreading, I guess just being aware of it and spreading that, that information, you know, and, and putting pressure on these places to stop allowing this and to enforce more laws. I mean, I think, you know, we need more laws here protecting animals of all kinds. I mean, all of these factory farms are, there's loopholes there. Um, there's loopholes for how they treat animals. Um, and our government is even allowing them to slaughter them quicker, which that means, it's going to have um, obviously a worse 
impact, a bad impact on the animals themselves because there's going to be some mishaps, I'm sure. And then also there's more risk for the workers who work there. There's going to be more risk of disease. There's going to be more risk of, I mean, just so many things. And, you know, China has their own issues and the United States does too. So I am certainly not trying to just call them out for not caring about animals and the environment because the United States is not far behind, you know, and, and all first world countries are. And, and I think that this is great that if you're listening to this, that you care, um, because that's certainly one step in the right direction. So, um, I hope that was informative. (laughs) I just kind of went on a little tangent because I am obsessed with the animals and the environment and trying to trying to just fix this place I I'm scared you know I'm scared that in 20 or 30 years I'm gonna be telling my little niece when she's like you know my age about all these little animals that once existed and roamed the earth but because of humans greed and really strange thought process um they're all they all perished you know I mean, we as a society have got to try and live harmoniously with this planet, and we are not at all. We are not. I mean, the indigenous people who live in the forest that we, you know, the British and the English would come over and be like, oh, they're barbarians. Man, they've got it all figured out, okay? I mean, they care about Mother Earth, and we are definitely just disconnected ourselves, and think that we're so high and mighty and above it and that we can control her and we cannot I mean look at the coronavirus probably came about from us being a bunch of jerks and putting a lot of random animals that don't belong together you know and killing them so there you go people that is my podcast for today Yes, I am moving. California, again, I think is a cool place. Um, I've gotten so many uh, so many responses from people being excited and telling me their stories and um, people who've lived there giving me some advice on where to live or where not to live. <laughs> um, and I think it's going to be great for, you know, the animal aspect and people who really are involved and, and care. Um, and I'm excited to meet some new people that are into the things that I'm into. So I hope that you again, enjoyed this episode. Um, let me know, be sure to like subscribe and share to the podcast. Also, if you would like to support the podcast, you can give me a little tip on tip link. There is a button on my website on the bottom right-hand corner. It looks like a little coin. And then there's also a little button kind of in the middle uh, on the front page that says support. So if you're enjoying them, you could support them. TipLink is a great platform that allows users and supporters to tip websites. And, you know, if you have a website or a blog or you're an artist, a writer, any of these things, people who care about what you're doing and care about what you're producing can send you a little tip so check that out at tiplink.com 
Uh, you can follow me along on Instagram at the refined hippie. Also check out my website, the refined You can sign up for my newsletter there. I send out secret recipes and tips and recommendations. I'm also working on a plant-based eating guide um, that I have no idea when that's going to be finished, but in the next couple months. So check that out. And then, you know, like I said, sign up for my newsletter. So you will be notified when all the new stuff comes out. So until next time, my lovely friends, peace and plants.